deals in money. We are constantly seeking deals in money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors. And you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial. For a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. This is a team sport. And the best part about this is everybody has their own strengths and just go towards those strengths. Double down on your strengths within apartment syndication. And then the team will fill in the rest of the way with you. So you don't have to be a jack of all trades to be able to do this. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and I'm here with Brendan Chisholm. He's joining us from Stanford, Connecticut. He is the founder of BKC Holdings, LLC. They are the GP of a 53-unit apartment property in Noonan, Georgia, 70 units in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And he's an LP on 272 doors in Houston and 64 in Columbia, South Carolina. Brendan, can you start us off a little more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Sure. Background since graduating from college in the late 2000s, I was working for multiple Fortune 500 companies in program management, vendor management, and operations. Now working full time for a telecom provider, doing business development, negotiating right of way and, and right of entry agreements uh, with multifamily developers in that area. My five to nine, which is my core focus outside of my family. I'm also a general partner, as you mentioned, on 123 units, all acquired within the last 13 months. 
And my focus within our group is asset management. So really doubling down on that. And the deals that we have are pretty heavy value-add deals. So a lot of attention is being paid to making sure that we're optimizing the performance of, of those deals. Gotcha. It sounds like you have a lot of experience with contract negotiation outside of your apartment syndication. Are you involved in acquisitions at all as well, or primarily just asset management? Primarily asset management. One of the partners of our both of our deals has more of a focus on the acquisition side. I'm more with the asset management, uh, vendor relationships, property management relationships, as well as lenders and looking over all those fund loan docs. Awesome. You have a lot of experience yet negotiating with contractors and vendors. And it sounds like also local regional authorities for your current job, negotiating right-of-way access. I can see where a lot of that translates well into asset management. So you've bought two properties. One of them, the one in Rock Hill, South Carolina, was very recent. How long ago did you buy in Noonan, Georgia? We bought the deal in Noonan, Georgia, February 23rd, 2021. We bought the deal in Rock Hill, South Carolina, February 11th, 2022. Gotcha. So you've had the one in Georgia for a year now. You said you focus on heavy value adds. So that first year is very involved. Tell us about that deal. Tell us about your acquisition of it. And then what you were looking at, what you were projecting back in February of 2021 and how the last year has gone. Sure. Last year, what we purchased the deal for $4.2 million. It's a 53 unit deal off market put about $800,000 of CapEx into it. At the time of acquisition, the deal was at 78% occupied. There was nine total down units at the property itself. We went in planning to renovate 23 of those units. 30 of those prior were owner renovated. The nine down units plus the 14, we went in, upgraded all of the kitchens, all of the bathrooms, did some flooring, painting, as well as install all-in-one washer dryers into the units. So total all-in costs just under $5.3 million with closing costs and all of that. For those, what we consider our owner-renovated units, we were underwriting just under $1,000 for what we thought we could get for those renovated units based off of what the market comps were. You're using what we saw as benchmarks for the area. A year later, we're 35, 40% above our underwriting, getting 1350 for all of those two bad one baths. Had a lot of success at that property so far and just making sure we're driving top line revenue and making sure the expenses fall in line for when we start the refinance process in a couple months. Awesome. Within Georgia, where is Noonan? It's 40 miles southwest of downtown Atlanta, 30 miles southwest of Hartfield Airport, right off of I-85. Gotcha. So not quite Metro Atlanta. No, it's not. It's about a 50-mile radius outside of Atlanta. Had some good stories happen in Noonan since we acquired the property. Plans to bring in some industrial distribution centers. It's more of a blue-collar area in the southwest part of the Atlanta metro. Blue-collar area in Georgia outside the Atlanta metro is not the kind of place where you expect a 35% rent growth or 35% rent increase above projections. What accounts for that? What accounted for that? Low inventory. Supply was very tight. At the same time of our acquisition, one of our ceiling properties also was acquired. 
So I think with the moratorium on being able to build properties in Noonan at the time, I, just a low supply, low absorption rate, we were able to capture the rent and a lot of the rent growth that was slated down in Atlanta, as well as the outskirts areas as well. Gotcha. You mentioned you guys are headed towards a cash out refinance. Is the plan to hold this long term? Are you still planning to sell soon? Are you refinancing your limited partners out or are you keeping them in the deal? We'd like to keep them in the deal. It's one of the things we're going back and forth with just based off of the valuation of the property and how head we are with our business plan. But ideally, we'd like to get some long-term debt on this and just hold it for quite a while. The valuation seems good, so we should be able to return you 75 to 100% of the LP capital back to them. And then we'll recalculate distributions at that point, but at least have very little capital at risk for our investors and being able to send them monthly mailbox money. Yeah. Helps the IRR a lot when you give them back three quarters of their money after around 15 to 18 months, right? Yeah, it sure does. What are you projecting now? For an IRR for the deal or for- Yeah. How soon do you think you'll sell? What do you think your returns are going to end up being? We underwrote this going in for a five to 10 year hold, which it's a pretty broad number of years, but sure. with the plan that if we can manage the execution risk, which was the value add portion of it, return a large portion of the capital at the time of refinance, and then hold it for you know, that five plus years afterwards, we're at a point now where with the tailwinds that occurred in this market and at the property, we're low 20s. 22, 24% IRR on this deal with a two plus equity multiple based off of how long we hold the deal for. But as you said, a 0.75 or a 0.1 equity multiple at the time of refinance is almost like a multifamily burr. Yeah, it's awesome. I do have to ask, Brendan, based on the analysis that you were doing leading into the February 2021 closing, analyzing rents at a thousand a month, market and then ending up at 1350. How much of it was your conservative underwriting and how much of it was luck? I would say the combination of both and the luck occurred from just having the tailwinds of the rent growth at our backs. I just did a recent comp analysis for all the surrounding properties and it, it, I'm not saying it gave me a chuckle, but what a difference a year makes locum. We were looking at the right. deal and the rents that we're capturing now is some of the stuff for the class B plus, class A minus properties in that area. And those have gone up 200, 300 plus dollars. And the whole market has shifted where that class B property has assumed those class A rents. So conservatism is definitely good. But even when we were doing a conservative underwriting, we were still forecasting a 15% IRR. So it's a lot more with just the tailwinds going in our backs, but I think it's a combination of the two, I would say, conservatism as well as luck. And you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Another factor here to your point, Brendan, because it sounds like the cosmetic finishes that you were putting into the units that you renovated were likely low A, high B class comparable, even if your location wasn't. In any interview like this, a conversation between two people, you have to admit that this is anecdotal, but I believe one of the things that we're experiencing right now across the board is that millennials are less concerned with location and more concerned with cosmetics 
mm-hmm. updates and the condition of the apartment itself in a lot of cases, which this is not the best way to put this, Brendan, this is not directed at you because I'm doing the same thing. It's letting investors like us get away with being in a non-optimal location. If we are delivering high quality apartments, like you said, you redid bathrooms and kitchens and that stuff that millennial renters care about more than preceding generations. And I think that's part of what's happening here. You're right. And we're the recent acquisition that we have in Rock Hill, we're going to be doing a similar model as well. So it's one of those things. It's you buy in a certain class that you can keep your purchase price at a, a lower amount. And then you put in 20, 30,000 plus dollars combined between interior and exterior renovations. And you have a, a superior product to what your comps are. And it's easier to be able to close the gap between where you think your benchmarks are and exceed your underwriting targets to make sure that you're delivering upon the forecasted projections that you're you're putting out there. Yeah. Let's transition a bit, but let's stay on this deal, Brendan. You were the asset manager overseeing an $800,000 CapEx budget in a year or less, the first year of the ownership of the asset. What did that look like at the beginning? How involved were you in that renovation? We have six people as general partners on this deal. Everybody was trying to figure out once we got the deal under contract, where is everybody's fit there? I saw there was an opportunity to apply what I've learned in corporate America, just from being able to be extremely organized, putting trackers in place, and then essentially grabbing the bull by the horns and making sure I was working with the two guys who were on the acquisitions and helped develop the business plan to carry out the business plan on our end. You start putting more things in place and it just becomes much easier to track for this first deal. And then being able to transition all of your trackers and KPIs over to your next deal as well. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years, and he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at passiveinvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. Passiveinvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. So were you the one who was in conversation with the property manager regularly or the general contractors about the work getting done? 
Yes, I was one of the three people who were in constant contact there. Gotcha. What did that constant contact look like? At first, it was trying to make sure that we could have weekly meetings from the construction team as well as the operations team. And then because our construction team is an arm of our property management team, we just combined those two into weekly meetings until we started really seeing the stabilization of the property. Once we started getting into the high 80s, low 90s occupancy rates, that's where I started to transition into weekly calls with the regional property manager just to figure out how morale is doing at the property, what is needed to be able to do everything. Because at that same time, when I transitioned into those weekly meetings, we were able to move our operations call to a monthly basis. So it's just staying on top of everything. There's still tasks involved with running a large syndication, similar to a business that need to get done on, not just on a property level, but as well as on a general partnership level and making sure that we're still delivering upon everything that we need to do on our end. That makes a lot of sense. Given your Fortune 500 background, Brendan, and how well that has translated into asset management for apartment syndication. Brendan, talk to the best ever listeners for a moment who are involved in asset management who don't have your corporate background. They haven't been involved in high-powered conversations with government agencies and contractors in their day job. What skills directly carried from your corporate career into asset management that you think people should be developing if they're involved in asset management? That's a great question. I will say I haven't been involved with government contracts. So, oh, okay. But to your point, a lot of the things that I've applied is in any project that you're doing, you have an overarching goal of what you need to do. And then you need to be able to reverse engineer how you're able to get to that goal. There's subtasks that you need to be able to do and check off to make sure that you're building momentum to that ultimate goal of is it something 30, 60, 90 days out to keep yourself as well as your team on track. With an apartment syndication, it's a team sport and making sure that everybody's contributing or everybody's at least you know, taking on a role and then making sure that they, they deliver upon their timelines to making sure, Slocum, if one of your tasks is X, Y, Z, and we give you a two-week timeline and I'm the person on the 13th day going, Slocum, are you ready to deliver upon this for our next meeting? Or, you know, Joe, where does this task stand? So it's being task-oriented, but having a higher goal in place to making sure that everything is being done on a timely manner to deliver upon your results. To make sure I'm on the same page with you, Brendan, you're talking about beginning with the end in mind, having the bigger picture goal first, and then from there moving back towards what goals need to be accomplished in order for the big goal to be possible, and then what tasks need to be completed in order to hit each of those goals that play into the bigger picture. You put it much more elaborately than I did. I don't know about that. I got to listen to you explain it and then just have to summarize. So thank you, Brendan. Having the background that you have and now getting into value-add apartment syndication, what's the most important skill that you have developed now as an apartment syndicator over the last year and a half? Most important skill? I think it's organization. Just being organized more so than anything else. And I think that it goes hand in hand with the asset management role because in an asset management role, you're not managing the day-to-day operations of the property, you're overseeing them and making sure along those lines that, as I just mentioned, it's keeping the wheels turning for the business. And it requires myself who writes down everything. If you were to look at my desk, it's just filled with post-it notes 
as well as project management trackers I use to make sure I'm staying on top of it, just so I understand where everything is going at that time, or what are the deliverables on the 18th of the month or the 22nd of the month, or is it something on a quarterly basis? So just making sure that the wheels are turning to ensure that the property is still running at full speed ahead. Brendan, are you familiar with the DISC profile? I'm not. Okay. For our best of our listeners who are familiar with the DISC profile, I'm an SI, which is about the least organized personality profile that you can have. Brendan, talk to me directly. Hopefully our best of our listeners get some value out of this. I do a lot to create systems and most importantly, delegate tasks that require high levels of organization. Being organized does not come naturally to me. There are plenty of things in real estate investing that do. I try to make sure my time is focused on those, but also I'm an owner operator. So at the end of the day, everything falls on me. What advice do you have for me? Some simple things that I can do that would help me stay more organized and our best ever listeners, of course. Of course. I write everything down. I always carry my journal around. This isn't my actual journal. I have a journal that I write my goals on every single day. But this, at least when I have conversations with people, either it be a property manager, a lender, I'm writing down things that are actionable for our entire team to be able to send them out. I'll put it in here and then making sure it's uploaded into our project management system if it's an action item for another team member. Just what else is there to do? Uh, like I said, I'm a big advocate of just writing stuff down because I'm very forgetful if it's not written down and right in front of me. If it's not scheduled onto my calendar, if you were to look at my the calendar that I have for both work and personal, it's just filled with each task that I have to do throughout the day and making sure that I'm apportioning time throughout the day to ensure it's completed. I have stuff throughout the day to make sure I pick up my kids from daycare, but I haven't forgotten a single child yet. So hopefully my wife, when she listens <laughs> Smiles and nods. Yeah, hopefully so. My wife, she might not be smiling, but she'll definitely nod when I talk about how disorganized I am. I'll say to that point, Brendan, I'm a big fan of alarms and calendar events, but also, and this for our listeners as well, if you have a personality similar to mine where you're much more people-oriented than task-oriented, I hired an executive assistant and she is much more of a task-focused detail-oriented, mind-of-a-steel-trap kind of person. So whenever I need to remember something, I don't write it in a journal, I message it to her. And then every day for at least 30 minutes, she and I have a meeting where she reminds me of all the things I messaged her and asked her to remind me of. And she also helps me review emails, other correspondence, but literally she is my checklist. I just send her throughout the day, throughout the week, It's the middle of the night on a Saturday night and I can't sleep. And I think of something that I'm going to need to remember when I wake up in the morning or first thing Monday morning, I just shoot her a message. She clocks in Monday morning, she sees it and it's on my itinerary for later. So in my experience, being organized is critical. It also can be delegatable. Yes, it can be. And uh, that's a very good recommendation. One of the people in our general partnership has done something similar as well. Nice. And I will say my executive assistant is a virtual assistant in the Philippines. So I will also say we're recording in March of 2022. I've been working with virtual assistants in some capacity in the Philippines since 2014. So I've gotten good at it. 
but it is possible to hire someone affordably virtually to handle a lot of the responsibilities that an executive assistant handles. Brendan, are you ready for our best ever lightning round? I am. It's welcome. Awesome. What is the best ever book you've recently read? Seckendorf. It's the biography of Bill Zuckendorf, who was a real estate developer pre-World War II, post-World War II from New York City, but he has his fingerprints on a bunch of office developments throughout all of North America. Nice. What is your best ever way to give back? My wife and myself both donate to our local food bank every single year, making sure that we can bring Thanksgiving dinner to the locals in our community. What is the best ever lesson you've learned in apartment syndication? This is a team sport. And the best part about this is everybody has their own strengths and just go towards those strengths. Double down on your strengths within apartment syndication, and then the team will fill in the rest of the way with you. So you don't have to be a jack of all trades to be able to do this. Awesome. Brendan, related question. What's your best ever advice? Best ever advice. Grind with a purpose. Grind with a purpose. That's great. Brendan, where can people get in touch with you? You can find me on my email address, brendan at bkcholding.com. Hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, I'll have a refurbished website at brendanchism.com or you can find me on your social media links as LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brendan. And Thanks best of listeners, thank you as well. If you got value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this with a friend who you know is involved in asset management or executing on a value-add business plan in commercial real estate so that this conversation with Brendan Chisholm can add value to them too. Thank you and have a best ever day.